everybody what we about, man. Eight straight. Put it in your damn mind. Eight straight. We're See you Monday. All right, sounds from the winning locker room in London. And after the bye week, great to get back to Rams Revealed. I'm J.B. Long with our guest, the man you heard breaking down his team, left tackle Andrew Whitworth. And welcome, Andrew. Want to get your thoughts on the bye week, but can we start with eight straight there? Per your instructions, do you think your teammates were able to use the extra time to wrap their mind around that task ahead of them for the second half of the season? Well, I think any time in the season you get a chance to, to really take a break after you really hit that halfway point uh, and reflect. I think you get an opportunity to really look at your season and say, hey, you know, where, where can we be better? You know, what have we do, done well? And uh, what what's the plan going forward? And, and really, I think this team has everything in front of them they can accomplish. And I think we've all felt that way. I mean, really, after the San Francisco game, we you know, we had a you know, uh, just a call-up session right for our workout on Monday. And it was, you know, it was, hey, you know, why can't we be the team to go try and win 10 in a row? And, you know, who says you can't do it? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know what, this this is uh, something that we want to take on as a challenge. Let's go prove it. And and so, uh, you know, it's one week at a time, one day at a time. And right now, uh, you know, you've done two in a row, but a sure. long way to go. That being said, it's a little bit different this year in 2019 than it has been in years past in this regard. Even eight more wins may not be enough to win the division. Like you're in the different position of needing help this time around. How does that frame your thinking or impact your thinking, if at all? Well, I think really, if you look at your seasons the last couple of years, uh, I think that the teams that do a good job of not really having any concern for anybody other than really taking care of their job and what they need to get done are the ones that seem to handle November and December football the best. And I think that's, that's something we've really done well the last couple of years is it really doesn't matter the lead you have it's how you play going down the stretch and you still got games you have to win you still have to perform you still have to go out and, and lock all those things down that you have in front of you and so you know really for us it's about what we control and what we control is how we finish this season and everything else usually works itself out and, and the reality is you, you go and win as much as you can and you find out where everything falls so you talked about how the team managed the bye week how about you personally how are you feeling after a week of r&r Feeling great. You know, I'd really, uh, last couple of weeks of the season really have, have been feeling good and, and, uh, you know, it's feel great. And, uh, it was good to get some downtime with the kids and then also get out, uh, play a little golf and relax a little bit. So, um, you know what, it was a good week and, and I uh, look forward to getting back to the work that's ahead. Was that one of the highlights, the golf trip to Vegas? Yeah, I went and uh, played some golf with some buddies of mine um, mm-hmm. from Louisiana, where I'm from. And so uh, it was good to see them and good to get out and swing the sticks a little bit and, and uh, hit a couple shots and, and see that you still got it. And, uh, you know, but you go forward now and it's uh, it's grind time, eight weeks, yeah. man. How much work can you put in? Uh, before we do go forward, if you'll humor me with one more trip back in time, it was so nice to have your family with you in London, I'm sure, to witness the win over the Bengals with whom you spent your first 11 seasons, and you've now defeated all 32 NFL franchises, uh, which serves as a tidy little resume bullet point uh, for your post-playing career. How meaningful was that victory on a personal level for you and your family? Uh, I think it was um, really, you know, less about the Bengals and more really to me about the 32. I mean, I think that's something that's been done so few times and it's so rare, especially for linemen um, to start and, and beat all 32 teams. I mean, what a cool thing that uh, the kids, my wife, everybody has a chance to be proud of. And and really, I mean, it speaks to longevity. It speaks to success. And, and really, you know, you have to have uh, won the games when you had the opportunities against those teams. And so, you know what, it's just something that uh, I'll always be proud of uh, really because it's 
it's something that I think my family can really look at and say, mm -hmm. man, what an awesome accomplishment, uh, you know, to be a part of. And so I think for us, that was really neat. And then also just to have the kids in London and that whole experience and getting a chance to go, you know, culture themselves some and be around and learn things about the world. And I think that uh, they, they were just radiating after the game. Sure. I got a chance to talk to them about all of it and, and they loved it. And, and also uh, bittersweet for us, just an opportunity to get and see our friends from Cincinnati. I mean, a lot of people don't understand when we, when we signed here, we moved immediately and, and uh, literally took the kids out of school and moved here. And mm -hmm. uh, it was a fast transition. So when you made the decision post-Super Bowl to come back and play another year, that opportunity against Cincinnati was one of the thoughts that kind of popped into my mind right away. But I have to admit, I, I think I was with maybe the majority of folks that just interpreted that as, okay, Andrew's going to play one more year. Period. End of story. Was that presumptuous on our part to think that that this is one more go round necessarily. Like if I were to say, are you more likely to be wearing a helmet or a headset this time of year? What would you say? Uh, you know, I, you know, I would say honestly, for me, it's it's. Uh, I really still haven't really put the real, hey, I'm going to retire mm -hmm. into my mind. And so for me, it's still, uh, I love the grind. I love playing ball. Um, I look forward to the opportunity of playing well these last eight weeks and, and hoping that leads to an opportunity to play more football. And uh, I think my wife and I are on the same page with that. And so, you know, what if the body holds up, if, if things go well and, and we, we can play at the level we need to play mm -hmm. at to where somebody wants us and hopefully here in LA they want us, um, you know what, we'd, we'd love to have another gun or another run at it. Speaking of L.A., what's cool, though, is your family's now purchased a home in Los Angeles, and it seems like the Southland plays prominently into your family's future. Yeah, we look forward to living here and, and being a part of the community. I think, you know, really uh, the community to us has been really special since we moved here. It's It's been great. We've loved uh, getting to have, meet new friends, uh, the kids having new friends, us getting a chance to be around some of the, the you know, local sports with the kids and, and different parents and coaching with different guys and meeting people through all that. I mean, I think we've had a blast and we realize this is somewhere we'd like to raise our kids and um, Thousand Oaks and, and really Westlake has just been great to us. And so we, we've enjoyed it and look forward to a uh, future here watching some some little Whitworths grow up playing some sports and, and dancing and, and all that good stuff awesome awesome okay back between the lines for week 10 and we love that you're our guest at this moment in time because you know i think the consensus opinion externally wit is that the offensive line is the position group of greatest concern for the 2019 rams and that the rams can only go as far in these next eight weeks as the offensive line takes them to what extent do you think that's accurate or fair um, I think the reality is that every position group um, has really an obligation every single week to play their best and, and uh, put their team in a situation to win. But, you know, I think the tough thing with that is I think um, being the veteran and, and the guy in the room, um, I expect us to play better. I expect us to play well every week. Um, I would say, yeah, there's a part of me that says, hey, you know what? It's up to us every week to play well to give us the opportunity to win. But the reality is I've played in the NFL for 14 years. Um, I've seen defenses carry teams to championships. Um, I know I you know played in the division with the Baltimore Ravens, who actually I'm pretty sure had a streak of three or four weeks where they actually were the ones who scored the points and shut down teams on the year they won the Super Bowl and so in 2000. So um, I've seen, you know what, uh, quarterbacks and receivers and running backs uh, make plays in games with lines that didn't play well or make shift linemen in there because people were hurt. And the reality of NFL football is, is it's about 
about making plays and it's about whatever situation you're in, you go find a way to win. And uh, the teams that exist and that are still playing every January, there's been a part of the season where they've had to do that. Yeah. And uh, it's no different for us. We've got to play better as a group and, and, and get up to the level of play we can have. But you know what? As a team, it's about us finding a way every week. There's no excuses. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. The L.A. Rams as a whole, we got to find a way to get a win. And uh, every week we got to put that kind of mindset and attitude to it. I know the implication isn't that you need this defense to carry you, right? But when you look at the first half that they had statistically a top five defense and you plug in Jalen Ramsey, you get Clay Matthews back healthy, it seems like they are a group that's capable of doing that, even if it's just one week where you might need it. Yeah, I mean, I think every week you look even at last year, it's it's there was games in the season where the defense carried us in a game and and the offense scored when they needed to, or the offense finished the game in a four minute or six minute you know situation, took care of the ball and, and were able to finish the game and win it for us, or you know what a week where the defense might have, might not have been at their best and the offense played really well and, and we outscored opponents. I mean, the truth of NFL football is it's easy when you're losing to just point to groups and to point to hey this is the reason, but really when you look at it, 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 you go look at the teams that are winning and go, all right, well, why is this team winning? Well, you know what? This group actually didn't play that good on this side of the ball this week, but mm-hmm. the offense overcame for them. Or, you know what? The offense didn't really score that many, but the defense made a ton of plays, got a bunch of turnovers. I mean, that's NFL football. It's about, you know, having the kind of team where every week we're prepared, whatever it is we need to do to win that week, whoever it is that needs to step up for us and get us that W, you know, we're prepared to do it and then we're able to do it. On a more micro level, what's it been like going from having Roger Saffold at your side for almost every meaningful snap for two years to then a a redshirt freshman, if you'll allow it, and Joe Noteboom stepping in to then a first time starter in David Edwards in Atlanta? Like, what has that transition been like? Uh, you know what? It's been, uh, you know, interesting. Anytime you start having new guys, there's, there's communication, there's, uh, you know, teaching and things you assume. I mean, Coach Cromer and I joke all the time is that, you know, you just, there's, it's almost like you can't ever think for one minute like, hey, you know what, you've covered everything because there's always a situation in a game that's going to come up that you're like, oh, man, like, you know, you knew it and you understood it, but it might not have been something that they quite understood or something they might not have, oh, hey, you know what, in this situation, if a team's going to do this, then this is your answer. And and so you're continuing when you've played year in and year out, you've coached year in and year out, you know, you have all these tools, you know all these tools, but those situations may not have come back up again. And so you start realizing that that's what NFL football is about, these young guys that get in and have to play they might can play well, they might can do certain things well that you've taught and you fundamentally got them good at, but there's always going to be that new problem, that new thing that, oh, you know what, like you had to experience it to actually get the opportunity to learn to be better from it. And and I think that especially for linemen, I mean, you think about it, every rusher they face, they're, they're learning how fast the guy is, how strong the guy is, how good his moves are, you know, I mean, how good he is with his hands. I mean, every one of those weeks, I mean, you can only, your eyes and watching film can only tell you so much. You you, you got to be able to feel it and know what it feels like. And so every week is, is a learning experience. And, and I remember being a young lineman and what it was for me. I mean, requiring an athlete asking those guys to be perfect is just uh it doesn't make much sense and, and it's not reality to be honest and so that's why i say for us as a group we've got to play better but there's also some reality these are guys that are having their first time experience every week and uh, we've got to play well around them to give them that opportunity to be successful it seems like in a league of scarcity right and constraints there are 31 other teams trying to do what you're doing and there are salary caps and other things in place the Rams as an organization made a calculated risk to invest in certain areas and trust that they could promote and develop from within and another, specifically in the offensive line. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you anticipated a lot of these growing pains that maybe some others didn't. I was going to ask, like, was it harder to replace Sully and Roger 
for from your perspective or from the team's perspective than maybe we anticipated? I mean, maybe as, as people outside anticipated. I mean, I think anyone that's played in the game, coached in the game, that understands uh, what it's like to play at this level. I mean, the quality of player that Roger Saffold and John Sullivan are, um, well, for one, I mean, it's not even just about replacing them. They're upper level or upper echelon offensive linemen in this league for a really long time. I mean, they're uh, in the elite group at their positions. So it's not just replacing John Sullivan. It's not just replacing Roger Saffold. You're replacing two guys that – were elite football players uh, and really good at their spot. I mean, John Sullivan in Minnesota and, and you know, really the success they had rushing the football with Adrian Peterson and, and really going, having the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, you know, I mean, uh, you know, they've had, uh, they've had a lot of opportunities, you know, playing an NFC championship and those kind of things where they were really good and he was really good. And so, you know, and Roger was always known here, even with the Rams struggles, what a good football player he was. I mean, I remember how excited I was when I got, when I was like, Hey, this is going to be the guy that's going to play beside me. I, I love this guy. I love watching tape of him. Um, so I think really it's more of a maybe underestimating how good of football players those guys were if people kind of were surprised by that. And then also you have to understand young linemen are, are going to have to learn and they're going to have to grow and they're not going to just step in and play well immediately. I mean, that's just that's just not reality. I mean, you can't find that anywhere in the league. They all make mistakes. And so, um, you know what, it's just a part of the growing process. And um, in this immediate moment right now, people are, you know, oh man, you know, it's it's those guys are gone. These guys are here. Well, I, you know, I would argue these guys are getting better every week mm-hmm. and uh, that's what development is. And, and let's see how it plays out let's see how they finish these eight games let's see what the future looks like with these guys in there after eight weeks is over to that point and specific to the running game uh, which is yet to find the traction that maybe we've become accustomed to in 17 and 18 how optimistic should we be that the rams can find that kind of ground force to be reckoned with that the rams have become known for well i think really uh, you look at uh, the staff and, and really the job that sean and, and all the offensive coaches do and and uh, aaron cromer obviously teaching all of us uh, up front uh, i have no doubt um that uh, this team will be successful that this running game will get going eventually and and that we'll have success but you know it's really i mean that's the identity of of prior teams that had prior different players mm-hmm. and different things i mean this team i mean that hasn't been really you know uh, yeah, has it been as good as we need it to be in certain situations? No, but I mean, some of it hasn't been what we've done. I mean, we've thrown the football. So right. uh, a lot of it's been on, you know, what, throwing the football. And You're talking so, about the intention and the design. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, what play calls have been yeah. called. I mean, yep. you know, I mean, you know, we had a game against Tampa. We threw it, I don't know, 70 times or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I don't really know how you can criticize a run game. You're not calling run plays. You know what I mean? So it's not a, it's not a good or bad thing. It's, Hey, every week you're going to be presented against a different defense where, Hey, this is where we feel like we should be able to, we, we feel like we can throw the football on this team mm-hmm. or we feel like we can run the football on this team. You know, prior to this, I would say probably with a veteran line like we had and John and Roger and those guys, you kind of felt like, Hey, you know what, no matter what a defense presents us, we feel like we could run the ball well because we'll kind of figure it out up front or they kind of know how to do these certain things or they're really good at these certain plays. There's also a learning process of young linemen. Hey, what are they good at? What do they do really well? Us figuring each other out. I mean, I think there's all those things that go into it. That's just a much more complex thing than, Oh man, when will you get back to running, you know, per carry like you did before? I think that's a, almost a college football mentality. Mm-hmm. And this is pro football. You don't just walk out there and rush for four yards of carry or five <laughs> yards of carry. It's, it's not that easy. And uh, you know what? There's a lot of teams out there struggling. And so, you know what the reality for us is, um, you know what? 
we're in a situation where we're a kick here, a play here or there from being six and two and sitting in a great spot and, and we act like the world's fallen. I mean, the truth is we got eight games in front of us so we can go out and accomplish anything we want to. And uh, that's what we should be focused on. And that's what our mindset should be on. Pittsburgh Steelers in kind of a similar position. I mean, Memmi wrote their season off and here they are in the midst of a three game homestand and a winning streak feeling like they're back in the AFC playoff picture. Uh, what's it like playing at Heinz Field as a visiting team, as someone who's done it a lot? Uh, you know what? I, I look forward to it, man. It's a special place. The energy, the passion there is, is really special. And, um, you know, I know in, in this side of the, of the country, it's it's Seattle and, you know, maybe Green Bay and some of those type teams that people think about, you know, really over here. But, you know, I think over there, you, I mean, Pittsburgh's, man, what a special place. The towels will be going. You know, the fans are rowdy and, and it's a great energy in it. It's open, big open air stadium. Uh, it it reminds me a lot of college football games and, and just the the grass and everything. And so I, it's a lot of fun. It's it's something that the energy will be awesome. And it's almost as an away team, uh, you feel the, how good the energy is too. It, it almost riles you up just as much. And so I think it's one of those things that you look forward to. And, man, they're playing well and, and uh, people write them off. But you're right. They're only a few games from being right where they need to be. And um, that's the, the reality of that division. It's a tough division as well and a physical division. So you know you're going to get a physical football game from these guys i remember getting your thoughts about playing in new orleans previously last year specifically and the closest thing to a home game professionally for you based on your roots can you anticipate similar motions for aaron donald this week i mean having played his college ball there yes but against the steelers as an nfl player this is a first for him in in year six of his career Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure for for Aaron, this will be a really special week. I mean, a chance to go home, play play at a place that obviously you, anybody that follows him or is around him knows that, you know, really, you know, the University of Pittsburgh and just in general that area, he uh, he spends his time there, he loves it, and and uh, he has a lot of pride about it. And so I think that uh, for him, there'll probably be a lot of emotions to go home and 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 have this opportunity to play there because it's just something that uh, it's it's a checklist thing for him to say, hey, you know what, I got a chance to go play against the Steelers who I've watched and mm-hmm. and uh, have the opportunity to play in a city that I've done a lot of special things in. And so uh, I can imagine his uh, emotion level and excitement level playing this one will be a lot. You've referenced college football a couple of times here. And as we wrap this up, I've, I got thinking about how when we land in Pittsburgh on Saturday, it might actually be halftime of number one LSU, number two Alabama, right? And you've got some close connections to that game. Have you given any thought to talking to Bruce Warwick and seeing if we can't leave a little bit earlier, get on the ground sooner and be in place to watch all of that? Uh, you know what? I, I look forward to it. I can't wait to uh, get an update on how it's going. I mean, obviously, uh, I'm tied to the, both those schools, really, because of playing for Nick Saban mm-hmm. and, and then playing at LSU. Um, you know, i got a lot of, of uh, pride in, in really what a good coach Nick Saban is and, and how amazing a job he does week in and week out and, and uh ton of respect i mean you know he's a special special coach and a guy you know i always continue to say is is one of the best i've ever been around but also uh the home schools going there for you know and, and playing well this year so i look forward to it man i hope lsu gets us a w and um so i look forward to getting the update but you know I'm, I'm you know i'm actually not the biggest college football watcher in the world so i'm not as worried about us moving the flight up i just hope that when we <laughs> land i get a good update that uh the lsu tigers are winning so we'll see what happens it's tough to keep track of saturdays when you're a family man and a professional football player yeah i don't have a lot of time for college yeah. football I, you know if i get free moments i'm usually probably you know trying to pass the rock and be jared goff in my house while my boys are trying to pretend who they mm-hmm. are and and uh you know i'm, I'm just uh, i'm busy throwing footballs or, or getting uh colored pictures from the daughter sure so it's uh i don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and watch college but you know what i'll root for those guys that got a lot of pride in your school obviously and uh, i look forward to it I, I hope they go and have their best
Since we talked about Pittsburgh, where does Tuscaloosa rank among the toughest venues you've ever performed in? It's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough place to play, I'm sure, especially now with the success they've had. When I was in school, they weren't as successful at that time, so it wasn't probably quite as bad as it is now. But, you know, uh, it, it ranks up there. I mean, I think Georgia was probably one of the harder places mm-hmm. as far as just the energy in the stadium. Um, they were really good at that time when we played. Uh, David Pollock and I had some some good wars back <laughs> in the day. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, Georgia's probably one of the best SEC, Florida probably, and, and Alabama's up there as well. Well, it's great to sit down with one of the men who got this podcast started. If you've been with us long enough, you know that Andrew Whitworth and John Johnson uh, launch Rams revealed in 2018 and coming off your bye week. We appreciate uh, some of your time. Have a great trip to Pittsburgh and uh, wish you all the best in collecting all eight after the break. Hey, let's do it all eight. Let's go.